Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Hey, buddy, you in? All right, uh, we're experiencing some technical difficulties in which uh, I'm being told my mic is off, but uh, the mic's not off. It's obviously on. All right, so now now we're on. So what's going on up there, Yang? Did you not uh, turn something up or something and you're yelling at me? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, let's ask, who's been doing this longer? <laughs> if I'm sitting in front of a mic and there's a red light on and I hear myself and you keep telling me it's not on, then... You should probably realize that, you know, it's something on, on your end. Is Cam Stewart there now? You hear me, Gabe? What's going on, Cam? Good, y'all good. You can hear me. That's perfect. Yeah, no, I'm doing great. Just watching the baseball Great, great game. start here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in yeah. Studio 34. You figure everything would be fine, but no. Like yeah. uh, maybe, maybe it's better in Puerto Rico or uh, where, where were you? Costa Rica with the Gators. God. <laughs> with the Crocs. Actually, he was, but that's besides the point. Don't tempt me. <laughs> That's a story for another day. But, yeah, no, man, Berlander dealing, Marenzi, he looks fantastic. And I did one of the ultimate sins of gambling. I got too greedy. I had that uh, parlay that I hit with the Dodgers last night, and I had an open-ended one with Cleveland for $480. I go, yeah, I should just let it ride. I should have at least put a couple hundred bucks on Houston. Verlander's been so good in the postseason, and Kluber didn't have his good stuff today, Marenzi. And uh, Verlander looks unhittable right now. we got another game coming up, too, in about 10 minutes. The Brew Crew in uh, Colorado. Great day for baseball today. Yeah, what do you do with that one next? I was on Colorado yesterday. You were a little reluctant, and you were smarter than I was. And I tell you, in the ninth inning, dude, I thought we had it. Oh, I know. Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado up. Nolan Arenado up with the bases loaded with nobody out, dude. It's like, you know, all you got to do, you get a single, and it's 2-2. You know, you put it in the gap, boom, it's 3-2, et cetera. Sack fly, and then Blackman. I don't know. I get it. He was trying to avoid the the double play, but then he he gets tossed out. It was just they screwed it up, you know. But it gives him a little confidence. Colorado's in this thing, but I didn't bet this game, Cam. My gut instinct tells me Milwaukee win again, though. I'm on Milwaukee this afternoon. Uh, I, th- I think that was a huge loss for Colorado, the fact that they couldn't get it done, Gabe. And the bullpen for Craig Council worked out perfectly, it, except for the last link of the chain, Jeremy Jeffress. I remember him when he used to pitch for the Jays. Like, he was just kind of an average guy, and he got really good over the last uh, couple years. You know, uh, really, really good stuff. And uh, he just, Colorado was all over him. And that's the thing. I got to be honest with you, if I was the manager of, uh, of the Brewers, I wouldn't have him as my closer. I'd have him as my setup man, which he was before in his career, and I'd have, I'd have Hader shutting it down. I think, I think he's uh, just way more effective than Jeffress, but, hey, we're not the manager of the team. He's been a great player and a ball manager a hell of a lot longer than he me. But I'm on Milwaukee today, Gabe, but the game I love tonight, I'm taking the big pooch with the Yankees tonight. I think Hap's going to get it done. Big dog uh, tonight, man. You know, Hap's yeah, been on fire since he was uh, picked up by the Yankees. All right, so we'll restart here. 
Um, I am Gabriel Morenci, Red Heat and Rage hey. Radio. Hey, buddy. Alongside Cam Stewart. <laughs> Steve Merrill will join us in a couple of minutes uh, here. I said, actually, you know, just call Steve now, whenever. Any, any time is good. Just make sure his mic is on. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's been a hectic day here. It is, it is what it is. Um, so we're in Studio 34. We're in the, uh, the Bar Versa. And it's pretty much rocking here on Fridays. Now, not your type of rocking or my type of rocking, Cam. It's like upscale suits and, yeah, it's for lack rocking. of a better term, a lot of douchebags. And yeah, suits and martinis. Yeah, but it. there are, there are, it's like the New York power crowd or something. And um, I get dirty looks. Like, I was just in an elevator and stuff, and <laughs> guys, like, sort of looking at me like, oh, my, are you going to the same bar we are at? Like, no, dude, I get paid to come here. You go spend money. Um, <laughs> well, well, well put. Yeah, well put. exactly. I, you know, you're going to drop money. Got, I'm making money, son. So hey, you, you, you figure, one, right? Yeah, that's a good comeback. Hey, you might be rich, but I'm getting paid to be here. So beat it, suits. Yeah, yeah. I probably make more money than this guy does. So, so these guys, you know, it's all attitude here. But there's a lot of hot chicks, yeah. and we have like so it's yeah. like a glass studio and stuff. So they walk. Everyone can see. Like I'm sort of like people can look in. Most of them don't care. You know, there's a lot of New York type, you know, dudes in suits who are, you know, they're doing their thing and they're hitting on chicks and stuff. But, you know, once in a while you get the people that are just like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? They're like, because right now, even though we're on the radio, we have it on the TV screen in here and stuff. So it looks like we're on TV to people walking by. (laughs) So that's smart. Yeah. yeah, So people look in and, you know, a couple of minutes ago, like the four hot blonde chicks were all like giggling and waving inside and stuff. So, lo and behold, there's just, like, smoking hot chicks. She sort of looks like Jennifer Lopez. Oh, and wow. That's she's walked back and forth twice. I don't know if she works here or not. But both times I've looked up, and she's giving me, like, the look of death. <laughs> like, like oh, you'd think I'm her ex-boyfriend, so not, not, and I cheated on her or something. Like, not bedroom eyes? No, no. Like, I look up, and I'm not thinking, eyes. I don't know what your deal is, girl. Why you're, like, you're giving me a dirty look, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> So, Maybe she had a thing for Vin Diesel or Moby. Gave well, she it did that. it once, and then she just did it again. I caught her looking at me again, but she's sort of looking at me, but maybe it's in my head. Maybe she's checking me out, and I just think she's yeah. giving me a dirty look. Uh, you know what chicks love, right? If you don't have money, uh, yeah, a profession like uh, being on TV or uh, radio. Ah, that's garbage. Uh, a, cl- a, cl- a close second. Uh, you'd be- chicks follow money more than anything, though. Yeah, yeah money, why, sure. They're going to get the bar, yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's, yeah. No, there's no chicks in this job. Like, I'm being real. <laughs> I know. There's no chicks in this job. I will admit once, <laughs> once um, when we were on the score, um, it was the night of that uh, that score party. Remember, it was Boy, like ten yeah. years ago to the other day. What actually. a what a what a night! I know. Yeah, yeah that night after, um, that night after, a girl came up to me and said that her and her friend, another girl of hers, uh, invited me to their house for a threesome. Fantastic. Yeah, but uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that was basically oh, yeah, like 10 feet away. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Jeez. Nice offer, though. I've been in this industry for 17 years. <laughs> the one night I get offered a threesome. <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> I'll be back. Uh, the one the one night. All right, do we have Steve Merrill? Uh, I'm assuming we don't have Steve Merrill since I don't hear his yeah. voice. No. Are we getting Steve? No. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. Ber- thank you. Berlander, right. 83 pitches. Okay. This guy's still still trucking. 
Yeah, I'm all rattled. Yo, I'm like a pitcher. There was like, you know, there was like uh, an incident yeah, on the cor- field. It's like yeah, a streaker cor- just ran on the field. It's like yeah, throwing like- me off the beginning here. <laughs> Yeah, Corey Kluber, he kind of, you know what I mean? He gave up back-to-back jacks, a little bit rattled. But don't worry, Marenzi, uh, i got to tell you something, how bad the networks are here. This is how stupid this de- the network is. So, you know the networks that have the baseball games, Gabe? They have five channels. They don't start the Colorado-Milwaukee game till this game's over, and there's four empty channels. In progress. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's always this in-progress crap. Like, this game's in the sixth inning right now. That other game starts in four minutes. So you're telling me we're going to miss the first, what, three, four innings of the other game? Like, just get your heads out of your ass. Like, that should never happen. That's why you got the five channels for to put it on the other channels. But whatever. I digress. You you, you won't have that problem. No, they've got the game. Um, I can see the game on here, Verlander on the hill right now. I'm a yeah. little concerned. I got under six and a half. They're at four. It was looking better. It was scoreless into the fourth. But, yeah, listen, nobody talks about the Houston Astros. No. Um, you know, people didn't, you know, we talked about the Cleveland Indians being a dangerous team. They still are. Yet, I tell you, I don't trust. I don't, um, I don't trust Corey Kluber, Ken. I don't trust him in a regular season either. I know he's a great pitcher and he puts up big numbers, but I swear to God, whenever I take him, he doesn't pitch well. I don't trust him in big games. Like, I trust the, I trust Bauer more. Like, Trevor Bauer, that's the guy yeah. I'd bet on. I don't, I don't trust, I, you know, Kluber's always screwed me. I always find he's overpriced. Um, I, I even trust Carrasco more. I just, you know, I didn't like, I didn't trust Kluber today in this spot. No, the problem with Kluber is, um, he's, he really deals for a while, but when things, it's exactly what happened today. When it fell off, he gets really rattled. He gave up a home run. Like it was a two nothing game. Alonzo, uh, couldn't make a stab at first base. Then it was two nothing. You saw his body language. Like he was really pissed off. And after that, he was serving up meatballs, Gabe. They went back to back jacks for nothing. He gets the hook. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'll tell you one thing. Watching that Dodgers game last night, and thanks to our boy Ryu and uh, the Dodgers last night, I'm looking at that team with their with. If he pitches like this game, think about the lefties they have: Kershaw, Ryu, Wood, like Hill. They have like the Dodgers have all above average left-handers that can be starters, not just bullpen guys. It's insane. Like they that they're pitching with that hitting. Ooh man, I wish I was holding the ticket. Dodgers are winning the World Series this year. Dave, I th- or at least I, they're. I they're legitimately, they're I think they're the team to beat. You look at their their depth and, like, the mix between grinders like Turner and yes. guys, Kershaw, guys that have been around a while, Dave Roberts, the manager, and, you know, then sort of the blend of the young dudes and, like, or Muncie, guy, you know, grinders, nothing handed to any of them. And then you have a bunch of sort of superstar, like, phenom kids, you know, the Bellingers of the world. Then you throw in a twig. But then we get to the pitching, and... I'd be very, very nervous if I was other teams in the National League right now that the L.A. Dodgers don't need Clayton Kershaw to pitch three times in a series. <laughs> that they are exactly. voluntarily saying, no, no, Kershaw, you go in game two because Ryu's got it and we got Bueller and we're good. You just do your yeah. thing. Like last year, you know, we had Kershaw pitching. All right, dude, can you give us another three innings? You know, two days later, can you get out there? It caught up to him, you know, and he yeah. pitched well, but he kind of caught up to him, but. The fact that the Dodgers don't need Kershaw and aren't forcing him out there, I'd be very, very worried. All right, we got Steve Merrill on right now. We apologize uh, to Steve uh, for the delay. It kind of sucks because Steve's got to get out uh, in a couple of minutes as well. But Steve Merrill joins us. What's up, Steve? Hey, Gabe. Doing well. So, uh, Steve, the uh, the Dodgers just talking about Dodgers play again tonight. Um, dangerous team, the Dodgers. You know, when, when they don't even need to start Clayton Kershaw in game one of a playoff series, it shows how deep their pitching is. I think the Dodgers are the team to beat. I, I really do, Steve. What do you think? 
Yeah, earlier this week, um, when the world uh, when the NL wild card was beginning, I made the Dodgers six to one my pick to win the World Series. Um, I thought they'd face either Houston or Cleveland, whoever wins that series. Um, I'm not big on the Red Sox. I think their pitching come postseason is suspect. Uh, definitely could see the Yankees upsetting them in that series. Yep. Uh, not big on the Rockies or Brewers. And with the Cubs being eliminated, I think that made the Dodgers even stronger. Plus, they caught a break playing Atlanta in this uh, divisional round. Set up perfectly for I love them. The fact they put Kurt. Well, and I love how they have Kershaw pitching game two, like you said, because what that does is it, if they win this in four games, which it looks like they probably will now, he's good for game one of the seven-game series. If not, they have him for game five if they have to, and that do or die. So they're having for game five of this round or game one of the next round. I think that's exactly why they did what they did, and it worked out perfect. It's a very good point. He would be the guy yep. if it does go uh, five. So you mentioned you know, you don't, you don't think much of the, the Yankees and the Red Sox here, and it's amazing, isn't it? You know, the Sox are big favorites here tonight, Cam, but, you know, the Yankees, they're only plus 130 in the series. So, they're, yeah. the odds makers pretty much know this is a pretty even series. And as Steve mentioned, that Boston pitching, we know David Price isn't a good postseason pitcher. Chris Sale's velocity is way down. Chris Sale always hits the wall late in the season. He's not 100%. And Boston's bullpen is not even in the Yankees' league. It's not That's the thing. Like, the Yankees really can win this series. That's why you're only getting plus 130, though. Correct. Well, that's the thing, guys. I think tonight sets up well for the Red Sox with Sale. So even if the Red Sox win game one tonight, which I think they probably will, um, the Yankees still have a chance of winning three out of four after that. Uh, The Red Sox are all offense. That puts up pretty big numbers and wins in the regular season, especially against number three and four and five starters. Um, But as you know, in the postseason, it's all about your top two or three guys. Offenses are limited. And, um, yeah, I think Boston a little bit overrated for that reason. A big football game tonight collegiately, Dartmouth and Yale. (laughs) <laughs> ivy league dang it yeah you know what steve you know you and i've talked to ivy league basketball before but i don't think we've ever done ivy league football and i don't plan on doing it right now <laughs> i'll tell you what's interesting though gabe all seriousness a lot of major books this year as i'm sure you've noticed are putting up the fcs game odds when they're playing each other um yep. you know there was really only one book in the last decade that would do that yeah wait right the bottom of the screen you're right of these sports books you scroll down and you're getting the fcs games now yeah, not not when they're playing an FBS team. You know, they started doing that five or six years ago, but now when they're playing each other, like this Dartmouth-Yale game is lined to basically all the major, like, offshore sports books, which is very unusual. And um, we're starting to get some real numbers on these games. It's good to see. I mean, the more the options, the better. Yeah. We I got like John Tack. The FBS teams. What about, like, James Madison almost beat NC State? You guys know they can they can compete with these guys a lot some, of the There's time. some good teams. Yep. There's some, there's some good teams. Yeah, Ivy League, it's tough. I'm not even sure there's scholarship yet. Uh, seriously, I don't think they give out scholarships for football. So, yeah, d- no, d- they difficult don't. to handicap those games. Ivy League basketball is, is better. Like, Ivy League basketball is competitive. Ivy League football is decent. It's not bad. I mean, look, there's guys, you know, there's a few Ivy Leaguers in the National Football League. But uh, quickly on the college games tonight, we got Jaw Tech and, uh, and, uh, and the Ville, Georgia Tech and the Ville. It's five-point road favorites. I don't trust them laying a five. Marshall minus four against Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders. The total is 50 and a half in that game, 56 in the Ville game. And the one game I did bet, and it was tough for me, guys, because you know, I'm, I'm here all day, and I'm not playing online right now. So I had to get my bet in yesterday when I was at the window, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to get a little action in on this game. So I took BYU, Steve. What do you think of BYU-Utah State game? Yeah, just quickly on that Louisville game, though, you know, I do think Louisville is going to have a difficult time match up the running game, so Georgia Tech should dominate the line of scrimmage, so i probably lean that way just based on the rushing numbers, but yeah, I'm not in a hurry to lay five and a half on the road with Tech. 
Um, but yeah, this Utah State BYU game is interesting. In-state rivalry, you know, BYU's always had their number over the years, but last year Utah State won outright 40 to 24 as a slight home dog. So BYU does have a solid revenge motor. They looked terrible against Washington last week, losing 35-7. But keep in mind, they were capable of beating Wisconsin a few weeks earlier. Uh, it's just been a real Jekyll and Hyde team this year. They also beat Arizona as an 11-point dog. It's almost like they're better when they're a double-digit dog. They step up in big games, uh, BYU. And, you know, BYU get beat up by bad teams, uh, by really good teams, and people think they're a bad team. When BYU can ball. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit the NFL with Steve Merrill. Steve's got to go, I believe, what, about 427 or so. We'll we'll see what we can get in here. That works. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. If you're ever in the uh, Manhattan area, right near uh, 34th Street, right near MSG, great diner, Al's. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not paying me for say. this, but uh, it's become oh, my go-to Al's. spot. Nice thick <laughs> grilled cheese sandwich with a Texas toast, real thick toast. Oh, yeah. nice. I gotta tell you, these French fries are really good. I know French fries, but these fries are good, man. I'm hooked, Cap. Like, I can't, like, I'm eating a grilled cheese sandwich and a fries every day. It's like my thing. It's like my daily Owls. lunch. You can tell when a place is just named Al's, it'll be amazing. Yeah, Al's. All right, I got it. I'll, yeah. I'm going to take a no, picture no, no, of the, no, the place. No, nothing, nothing fancy. Just no, it's, it's not, no, it's not my type of place where it's what we, we always talk about. It's not a buffet, but you go in there, they've got, like, 20 different options. Like, it's already made. So, like, guys, you know, they had nice turkey cut. It's like a, it's basically like a Vegas buffet. Except it's ten bucks a plate, so you just go in, you tell the guy like the other day I was like, yeah, give me the chicken, the mashed potatoes, boom, and it, it weighed like ten pounds. I walked out of there. I needed like a, a, a shopping cart, like the big plates like of food it. for ten bucks. It's great, and it's like cooked on the premises. Great stuff. So uh, let's get uh, back to uh, speaking of restaurants. Lucky Steve. Yeah, Lucky. Steve. How's the Chinese Steve restaurant restaurants. going anyway, Steve? See, it's just like Al's. It's Steve's, but we put Lucky in front of it, so <laughs> it's even better. It's not just Steve's. Hungry, it's lucky. You just made me extremely oh, hungry talking about I, all that. What, the I Texas gotta, toast, gotta, nice nice yeah. cheese and french fries and ketchup. It's like pretty good. Right now. I got a turkey. I got a turkey. I got a turkey in the oven right now, guys. So, yeah, it's a great day. Place, uh, yeah, it's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend, so I'm cooking up a bird every week. Low and slow. Well, what do you think of the NFL card this weekend, Steve? <laughs> 
I'm so distracted now by this food talk. It's hard to focus. I'm thinking of bratwurst and beers now and fries at the game. I used to get the uh, the the, uh, the knockwurst with sauerkraut and mustard at the Redskins games, and we get the fries and put the vinegar on it. you got to put vinegar on the fries. That's hardcore. I like vinegar and fries, but, yeah. yeah, like, yeah that, that you ever had mayonnaise and fries? Like vinegar. People think, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, well, I mean, mayonnaise is good on it. It's, it's delicious. Like butter. Mayonnaise, butter, and salt are good on anything. So yep. <laughs> you have to do that in moderation, of course. Yeah, lucky yeah, Steve. The, the NFL, this, this time of year, guys, what is it, the first week of October? So now we can say the preseason is over, I guess. Yeah. I always feel like the first four weeks is a separate handicap than the rest of the season. Uh, the big takeaway for me last week was New England routing Miami. I stayed away from that game, but I really wanted to take a, a wait-and-see approach to see if the Patriots had really jumped the shark or not. Didn't appear they had. I used them last night. They won again by double digits. So it looks like New England's still somewhat the same New England team that we've known. What do you think um, of the Dolphins and how the they respond this week against the Bengals, Steve? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I was interested in that game last week is I didn't think the Dolphins were for real. I mean, you look at the three teams they'd beaten. It was Tennessee, Jets, and Raiders. Um, and then they get smoked now by New England. Um, I, I think Miami's a competitive team. Um, we'll see if there's any kind of a hangover. You know, sometimes when you get beat like that, even in the NFL, it lingers for another week. Yeah, uh, Steve, we're, Gabe and I were talking about this Bills-Titans game. It's up another point. This this line opened at three. It's five and a half now. Well, not even five. Five and a half. Like That's, that's crazy, crazy, man. man. I'm taking the Bills. Here? I'm taking the Bills. I, I almost wanted to go to six, six and a half and get them at seven. Like, this is stupid, Steve. That's crazy line movement. Yeah, I mean, there's only one way to play this game. You maybe don't have to play it. I understand if you don't want to play the Bills, I'm not going to blame you, but there's no way you can play Tennessee in this game. They're coming off three straight underdog wins in a row, all the a field goal or more bigger underdog, and now they're laying points on the road. I mean, this is one of the worst setups I've ever seen in the NFL. Now, yes, Buffalo's three losses have all come by double digits, but they did still go into Minnesota as a 16-point dog and went outright 27-6, so it shows they're capable. One and thing with Buffalo. You know, Steve, you mentioned it. Like, they, they're yeah, one of three. Look at it. their losses. They had to play in Baltimore, in you know, at Minnesota, yep. at Green Bay. Chargers. And they lost to the Chargers at home. Like, the Bills' schedule has been killer. Like, it really has been a killer schedule. This is like a break for them playing Tennessee at home. Yeah, and I, and I actually had a best bet in Green Bay last week. It was a great setup. The Packers were coming off the Redskin loss, so they were catching Green Bay at a terrible time on top of that. And, yeah, it's hard to imagine Tennessee will be focused for this game, especially after just beating the Super Bowl champs as their third straight underdog win. All right, I know we, you got to get out of here in a minute, so let's the last game here. What about the Redskins? I, me and Cam both like the Skins on Monday night as dogs. Yeah, question for me, guys, is, you know, does that bye week hurt them? I don't really think they needed the bye in week four. We often see that break momentum. They were a little flat in week two after the easy Arizona win, but they looked pretty good against the Packers in week three, so you wonder if that lingers a bit. Um, but I don't trust this New Orleans offense, or defense rather, laying a touchdown to anybody. I mean, they still can't stop anyone but the Giants maybe, and the Giants, as we know, have probably been the most inept offense in the league the last few seasons. Panthers, Giants? Um, I don't like laying points, Cam, but I think the Panthers probably beat them by 10 or more. I think Panthers win Oops. and the Giants cover. That's my prediction, but it's uh, Panthers should win. Last game, Steve. Panthers, when I know you do the Carolina hits. What, six and a half. what are they saying in Charlotte? Yeah, I know you do the hits. We, we, yeah, we talked about it yesterday. I do that on Thursdays now, and um, we did talk about this game, and it line had dropped from seven to six and a half, and we were all kind of saying, you know, it looked a little cheap now. I, I just don't trust the Giants. I mean, they can't move the ball offensively, and it's the same thing in college football, guys. I hate taking teams that can't move the ball because then you're just hoping that they hang in there as an underdog. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, uh, one of the covers experts. And uh, if you're ever in uh, Virginia, just look up uh, Lucky Steve's Chinese uh, Food 
Uh, best best in the business. Best pineapple chicken yeah. balls in, in the state. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to find. I need to check now to see if there really is a lucky Steve's because you're going to get a lot of business all of a sudden. All right, I guarantee you right now someone's like looking it up. Cards. Steve's. Yeah, there will be a lucky Steve's out there. I'm positive. Lucky Steve's. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> Thanks, Free Steve. Parlay card with every egg roll. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. I told you in the in, in the in the in the yeah. fortune cookies. Yeah. You know what will, I love about the Chinese? You will lose by half point. Confucius says yeah, yeah, you will yeah, lose, you by, lose half by half point. Half point. D- don't take bills. Looks looks very good with five and a half. Stay away. Yeah, no, stuff like that. I'm just telling you, I love the way those Chinese restaurants do the double, the, the way they do their wings, those dry, like they're extra crispy. They're so killer. Like, it's funny. Other places can't do the, the wings the, the way Chinese restaurants do it. All right. Uh, so I just punched in Lucky Steve's. Yeah. And there's no Lucky Steve's anywhere in America, but there is actually, this is pretty good. Steve Lucky's bait. Steve Lucky. <laughs> Steve Lucky in Bodette, Minnesota. He's got like a, he's a fisher. It's a fish shop. Like he sells bait. Like you know, he sells reels. Like yeah. man of ten thousand, hundred thousand lakes or whatever the hell it is out there. What is it? Like, that's right. Only have like yeah. a million I don't lakes. Know. Isn't that was that's it Minnesota the, or Michigan? Michigan's the land no, it's of Minnesota. What? No, Minnesota is the land of ten thousand lakes. It that's, is that's so ten thousand, huh? Uh, yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, the bait and tackle shop in Minnesota, probably licensed to print money. But there's probably a lot of them, though. Well, not in Minneapolis, but. <laughs> yeah, good point. In the, in the, on the outskirts, Michigan's got good lakes, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Michi- yeah, yeah, Michigan. Michigan's actually a much prettier state than people realize. Like, people think oh, of Michigan, way, and they think of, like, the, the auto industry and Detroit and, or crime. Oh, and gorgeous. You know? But, no, I was oh, surprised by that. It's beautiful like, you know michigan beautiful. you get on the outskirts oh man it's it's gorgeous it's also much more redneck than i thought they're uh, very another good point by you no I mean, yeah. it's funny like they have a lot of those uh when i watch those murder shows a lot of these hunters that go missing yeah yeah, yeah 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 like uh like ted nugent you know? and stuff on these farms and estates yeah. up there Snipers, they're all nut like, get off my get off my land look at kid rock <laughs> he's like a big right wing kind of <laughs> jerk now you know what i mean like he's <laughs> i'm telling you it's just sort of detroit like I told you, I went to Ann Arbor, and it broke my heart to see, like, how douchey Michigan fans were. Yeah, that, 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 that would break your heart, since that's your school. You see, um, suck. You see um, Nick Saban. Nick Saban's ripping the students because uh, they didn't sell out the game against Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, I, 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 I saw the press conference. What a dick move this guy is. Hey? Like, I know. No, and Joey Galloway was right. Like, that's what you do. Like, I agreed with his take 100%. That's what you do when you have nothing to complain about. Your quarterback's on fire. Your defense is overachieving with young guys that you picked up. Your offense yeah. scoring at will. That's Nick Saban just saying, guys, shut up. Keep the train rolling. Don't ever take a week off. That's it. That's that's his. That's the way he approaches it. He's basically saying, man, like, you know, he, he, there's nothing to complain about. I've actually defended Saban. I've defended him over the last couple of years and said, you know, yeah. he's not as big of a jerk as people think he is. That in real life, he's actually funny. I know people that know him and... I've told the story, uh, you know, about the Pearl Harbor joke that he dropped once. Like, he's got, you know, he's got a sense of humor a bit. Yet, I've noticed this year, he seems to have gone back to his real jerk ways. You notice? Like, he chewed out Maria Taylor for no reason. He started, ah, you It's like, dude, yeah, I know. you just won 31 nothing. Like, what are you yelling at her for? I know. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. No, no, he looks more surlier and mean this year. Like, it's like, kind of like... Maybe the other years, it was just kind of like, I'm going to try to be nice, but he's reverting back to, like, he's serious, man. Like, and there's nothing to, and there's nothing to worry about there. You've, see, you've seen what they've done to every team. No game has been close. They're killing everybody. So that's safe and just trying to keep his players, uh, you know, grounded, I think. But uh, stupid way to do it. How old is he right now? 
I think he's about. Uh, Funny, I was going to say he's sixty-five or sixty-six. He's. 66. I was going to say sixty-seven. I was going to say sixty. He's getting up he's there. Sixty-six. He he's getting up there. Age. Like he's yeah, he's pretty active and. He looks great for 67. Right, he I'm does. 67 years old, and I look like that. I'm like, it's a bloody miracle. But I'll tell you, I've done in my life. I think he probably has a couple of years left, and I, you know what? I think him going as hard as he is right now is indicative of that almost. I think he wants to just basically slam down another three championships and ride off into the sunset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's uh, what he tied Bear Bryant, so he's got one more. He's going to pass Bear Bryant, and that makes him the the legend of Alabama. It makes him the winningest college football coach ever. You know, I think he wants to get to 10. My, my guess is he probably retires at 69 or 70. And the thing with Saban is he does this pretty intensely, right? You know, is he, is he going to be one of these guys that, like, hangs on? I mean, he's going to need a couple of years to unwind. I'm telling I you, I think... Gabe. I think he'll go out in a blaze of glory because that's his personality. I don't think there's going to be any lingering on or whatever. No, that's it. That's what I was going to say. There'll be no retirement say, tour with this guy. No, he's just no, going to. No, they'll it'll... win one night and then after he'll be like, "That's it, I'm done." <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Like, exactly. he's not exactly going to tell people. You're right. He's oh, I'm yeah. leaving. I buy everybody. He's not going to do that. No, it'll be a complete surprise. They'll win the national championship game. You know, beat Georgia. Say, see you later, everybody. Party's over, and that—that's the—that would make sense. I, yeah, he doesn't you know, seem like the type of guy to leave a trail. You know they, who's going to take over for, for him? Who? Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. So you think he's going from Clemson to Alabama? Well, yeah. That's best job in college football. Yeah. Makes a yeah. lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I'm looking at a picture now. So yeah, there was quite actually. You know what? The student section was kind of empty. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. Yeah. So Tim, he's speaking of Tim Tebow. Here's uh, Tim Tebow. Um, Tim Tebow on ESPN's first take and current SEC analyst says Nick Saban has every right to be upset with the Alabama student section. Like These guys, they're so entitled. Like it, 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 <laughs> Tebow thinks the students are entitled. Guys, students have their own life. It's not like they're, you know what I mean? It's not their obligation to go watch you win by 58. Yeah, football and how about exactly. this, Nick? How about you, you actually schedule real out-of-conference games? Yes. Louis, what the hell are you playing Louisiana Lafayette for in week six? Yeah. You're playing a Citadel in three weeks. Yeah. Like, it's Louisiana enough. You already played wrong. Arkansas State. Schedule. Exactly. That's the, that, that is the best point you brought up. When you look at Alabama's schedule compared to other people, their crap games, they play the worst. Like, it, it, these are walkthrough practices favored by, like, uh, they can't even make point spreads for some of these games. Gabe, they'd be favored by 62 damn points. Like, they, if they really wanted to, they could, like, really beat a team by, like, 80. Just absolutely score in every possession. Just kill them. It, it's a joke. Yeah, you're right. Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, all all small, small schools that they dominate. At least get, like, a mid-tier team in there. I'm with you. I think it's crap. This is Tim Tebow really taking shots at the kids here. Tim Tebow says. Yeah, they actually, a, a lot of the college guys did because I watched the thing. It was weird because Joey Galloway, they had a little thing on it, and he, he said, like, whatever, you know, and the other guy on the panel was going nuts. Oh, you should be depressed. These students should show up for the game. Alabama, you don't know what you got winning t- so many championships and this and that. But to your point, they're still students. You know, they might have class. They might have a – say your family's not rich. Do you go to a job? Say maybe some people have well, that's the money thing. to pay for school. You know? I mean, did, like, and why, also – Why are you yelling at these guys for? Why, has everyone got a rich parent? That's, uh, that's dumb to assume that. No, it's, it's, it's just stupid to rip your own fan base. Because a couple of kids didn't show up well one Saturday. I don't know. Like you said, it seemed like there were probably, who knows, maybe there was a big frat party. Maybe, they, you know. And like yeah. I said, too, maybe people, it's like, whatever. They're playing Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, let's go see them play Arkansas next week, you know. 
Tim Tebow says, yeah. I think the fans are getting entitled at Alabama, specifically the students. Listen, as a student, you've done nothing to win all these titles, okay? You spend a little bit of your daddy's money to show up at a game and go to school there. Wow. Tim Tebow, not that's that's some pretty mean spirited stuff. So he's basically saying you students, like basically saying the students are obligated to spend money to go watch the college football team play. Yes. Which is insane. I don't know. I thought being a student was like going to class and stuff, not going to football games. You know what it costs for a year at Alabama too? Shitloads. That's not it's not like those schools like Tim Tebow says, Oh, listen, you spend a little bit of your daddy's money to go to school. Damn, how much money did you spend to go to school? None. You got a scholarship. And another thing is your family is like upper, upper middle class. So I wouldn't be like, you know, I like Tim Tebow, but I wouldn't be taking shots at like yeah. poor university students. You know what I mean? That doesn't, are broke. That, that, that statement didn't seem very godlike, Gabe. No, it doesn't. Listen, right. as a student, a you've done nothing to win all these titles. That's boasting. <laughs> yeah. That's boasting. You spend a little bit of your daddy's money. Like, that's just a dickhead yeah. comment. <laughs> like, Yep. Then he goes on. You say you're the best. To get them, yeah. You say you're the best fans in college football. When you need to show up, I don't care if you're playing Louisiana or you're playing Hoover High School. You show up for the game and you support your team because if you want to say you're the best fans in the country, you have to show up no matter what. Coach Saban is right. Alabama students, you need to show up for your team. Eh, like I said, I, this is much ado about nothing. This is Saban just being Saban, and he's bored and. Um, He's also worried that he makes $8 million a year and he knows that these kids pay him. That's another thing. Like, Saban, what are you? You want to shake the kids down for money, Nick, now? Is that your deal? Like, they owe you? Like, oh, you kids owe me. No, dude, you're already making. You know Nick Saban's the highest paid uh, employee in the state of Alabama? For sure. Yeah. Like, nobody makes as much money in the state. Not the governor? Nobody. No. And no, he meant combined. Then everyone combined. And I don't know if you, you know, pretty, it's pretty obvious, Cam. Alabama's a pretty poor state, okay? It is. Oh, very poor. Yeah, it's the poorest state. Poor. Like, you know, let me look up poorest state in America. I would say. It's either Mississippi yes. or Alabama. I would, I, that's exactly, that would be on my list, too. I think it poorest is Alabama, state though. Poorest state in America? Miss- I, I would, I, my first guess would be Mississippi or Alabama. It's Mississippi. Exactly. Yep. Mississippi and then Arkansas. Alabama's not as bad as we Actually, thought. Actually, it says, based on the metric, the poorest states in America are Mississippi, West Virginia, and Arkansas. Where's Alabama on the list? I'm looking here. Oh, they, Well, yeah. Alabama's 47th. Okay. <laughs> like, they got to factor in Nick Saban's cut, Gabe. Yeah. Well, Nick Saban's salary <laughs> boosts the state yeah, medium exactly. up like 30%. <laughs> exactly. We're ahead of Mississippi and West Virginia and Arkansas. The average Nick. salary or the average medium <laughs> or per capita, whatever. the You know what I mean? The per capita income. The average guy makes in, in Alabama $23,000 a year. Wow. And I wouldn't last long on 23K a year here. Oh, I tell 23K, you that hell, you could drop that in the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, yeah. over some time. A Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I got 27 tickets. Yeah, so Mississippi, West Virginia, Arkansas, Alabama. What are the five richest states in America? I was it's say, interesting, too. Wow. It's like, I would have I got, got a few of these. What are the richest states in the United States? The richest state, I would say, is uh, Connecticut. Maryland, number one. Oh, yeah, Alaska, yeah, I knew number yeah. two. Where's Connecticut New Jersey, in this? number three. Hawaii, number four. And Connecticut is in the five hole. Yeah, the average salary, 71K in Connecticut. Not bad.
Game Time Decisions continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci. It's like Cam Stewart. Babano will join us a little bit later on. We'll talk uh, football with Babano, maybe a little NHL hockey. we got baseball going on uh, as we speak. Full slate of baseball, actually, uh, today. It's going to be amazing. Great, great baseball day. You were so right about Babano. Like, I get his tweets. Like, he just, like, turns, like, simple statements into, like, ep- like episodes and, and, and books. Like, it's just like... Like I gave, like I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, okay. Why don't you just say it was a player or something like that? know it's like, no, 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 no. He can't help himself. No, he can't. He can't help himself. He likes to. He likes to type. Yeah, he likes. He likes to type. He likes and, to write. and talk. <laughs> type, type, and talk. <laughs> type. And I've talk got under deep. six and a half, and I know I'm going to get screwed. It's at six now. They got up to six. Uh, no I'll run scored to, all the way to the fourth that. inning, into the fifth, and then the sixth, two, two, and then two. And you know there's going to be another one or two coming. I'm screwed. I need Cleveland, Gabe, and Verlander got, like, the, the, the ball was so low, and they called him out. Cleveland would have bases loaded, no outs instead. It could have been a huge inning, but that's uh, that's the way the umpires go. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of guys are getting squeezed. You said it. The Cleveland's starting to come back. They're into Houston's bullpen. I don't think this game's over either. I think there's going to be a few more runs. We'll see what happens. Now, there was a story earlier. We talked about this briefly on Carton and Friends today. I wanted to get to it more, but we had such a stacked show. Um about the Dallas Mavericks and the Dallas uh, Mavericks, and you know Mark Cuban. I've been critical of Mark. Uh, been critical of Mark Cuban over the years because he seems to be more more concerned with Shark Tank than anything else. And you know, and oh, I'm running for president, and you know, he seemed to be more concerned with everything but his Dallas Maverick basketball team. But I'll give him credit here as uh, he's hired. A uh, former well professional gambler. The guy now he's not gambling as he's hired by the by the Mavs. But Bob Volgaris, Bob Volgaris Cam is one of the top uh, NBA handicappers in America, and he had a, he had a massive Twitter following. And um, you know he's very good at breaking down like sort of the data and analysis and analytics, and he can see things and then sort of break it down. And you know he won a lot of money, like you know like me and Teddy covers Teddy on Teddy was talking about it basically. Bob is known as, like, the best NBA handicapper in America. And he's kind of a numbers guy. And, you know, he's not, like, a degenerate gambler. He's a smart dude, but he only bets basketball. So he's been hired. The Dallas Mavericks hired him. Like, point blank. Like, he works for the Dallas Mavericks now. That's cool. No, he's a big poker player, right? He's a high-stakes poker player. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of like the move. It's uh, thinking outside the box. It's been a rough out offseason for for Cuban too, Gabe. Not just the Shark Tank stuff. You saw all the the sexual harassment within uh, the organization there. Like, uh, well, everybody, yeah, been, everybody. The Me Too thing gets everyone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, hit, it hit Dallas pretty hard. So um, yeah, so Bob Volgaris is basically the new quantitative research and development um, associate for the Dallas uh, Mavericks. And you know, this is I've talked about this actually for a long time. 
And, you know, I used to say this from a football perspective, but, and baseball. And the thing is with gamblers, we understand the worst-case scenarios. Now, I'm never going to know, uh, you know, as much about football as, like, Mike McCarthy. You know what I mean? If I sit down and Mike McCarthy starts breaking down tape in front of me and stuff and asking me about the weak side this and, you know, the, the strong side backer and the rotation, I'm going to have a hard time keeping up with the guy. But when it comes to managing the clock in a football game, I could do it better. And yeah. I get it. These guys, I get it. These guys, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. They're thinking about the play call. They're thinking about this. They're thinking about that. And maybe they don't realize, man, I just wasted four seconds because I, you know, I was kind of zoned out. I've always felt that gamblers with clock management, you know, understand more than even the, the coach does. And even with baseball, like, you know, I don't understand in sports why coaches and managers don't do what they wouldn't want to happen to them more. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many times yes. I'm thinking... Man, if this other team would just run the ball up or throw, we'd be in a lot of trouble, but they keep throwing. So it's like if coaches would just figure it out and just do what the other team doesn't want you to do, you'd be you'd be more successful in it. And, you know, baseball is a good example, football. Because, you know, Cam, as a football guy, like let's say, you know, someone goes for two, a gambler is thinking long in advance and thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get screwed because if they, this exactly. happens and they go for two and then they don't go for two and if we don't get this, then they're going to get this and then we're going to end up being down by three points. A gamblers, we can see the worst-case scenario develop from a mile away. Like, I can be watching a game yep. with, like, ten minutes left and go, you know, and you, if these six things right. happen, I'm going to lose. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, I think I've always said that, that there should be sort of like a gambler type of guy that basically would just tell the coach in a headset, listen, coach, you know, you're setting yourself up for a fall. There's going to be 45 seconds left if you do this. Run another play. You know what I mean? Just little things like that. You know, and to me, you know, it's amazing that we see that the Mavericks are the first ones to actually do this, in which they're bringing a gambler into the room, and they're saying, what do you see here? You know, when we're playing another team, what do you see? How can you help us? And there could be a lot of ways you can help. He could say, you know, to him, you guys take too many threes. He could say, listen, you're playing the Sacramento Kings. These guys are terrible in this. Like, even we know. Like, gamblers are good, like, scouts. We watch the games more than anyone else, right? So, I'm sure a lot of people will scoff and go, oh, the Mavericks and Cubans an idiot for hiring some NBA, you know, gambler. But this NBA gambler knows the game inside out. And I bet you he knows the players better than a lot of coaches in the NBA do. I agree with you 100%. And listen to this in the article. Bulgaris exploited his edges playing both sides of it repeatedly. It's possible to say that alone it made him millions betting on the NBA, combined with some keen observations regarding the game management tendencies of three specific head coaches, Eddie Dorton, Jerry Sloan, and Byron Scott. Here's his quotes. Well, he's betting ACC. These were three coaches I had nailed perfectly, he said. I knew exactly what they were going to do. I mean, it was a joke. It was so easy. That's him talking about, like, tendencies and betting lines of these three coaches. Like, he knew what sets they were running from betting enough games. Well, like, most people, when they watch fantastic. a game, when, you know, memory. even I'm guilty of it in that, you know, people watch a game, you're watching as a fan. You're watching at home. Yep. You're watching at home. You're talking to your friends. You're clicking the channel around. You're looking at the cheerleaders. You know, some guys that are smart, man, they're watching a game and they're writing things down. They'll, yes. they'll know, all right, you know what, Sloan always does this. This coach always does this. And you think, wow, why, why would you need to know that? You're not a coach in the NBA. Because if you're betting on it, you need to know everything possible. And if you know what a coach is going to do, you know the angle. All right, they're down by 12. I know that this coach taps out at the number 12. 
know what I mean? It's like Royale Ivy told me, who's now an assistant coach. He said the magic number was 18 with the Hawks. He said once the spread, once they got down 18, that was sort of the we're done. That's the that's the tap out number. Yeah, like you know, you're down 13, you're still trying to hit a couple of threes. You get to 18, and it's the fourth quarter. It's like, all right, we're not coming back. You know, it's over. So, hey, credit to the Dallas Mavericks here. I think it was a nice move. Um, I actually like what the Mavericks have been doing at the draft um, in the last couple of years as well. So do I. They've so wasted Dirk Nowitzki's career for the most part, but at least, you know, they're sort of getting it together here. I like the hire of the of the gambler. Bob Volgaris, good good, uh, good hire. It's very smart, thinking outside the box, and for what you're paying him and stuff and what he's won, the millions of dollars, obviously the guy's a very, very smart guy, and he'll bring uh, empirical data to the table. He'll bring tendencies to the table. I'm with you, Marenzi. This, this is the wave of the future now. Like, look at uh, the Leafs and Kyle Dubas. The guy's a kid. Like, if I looked at him, I wouldn't even, like, serve him at a beer store. Guy's running. The guy's running the team now. You know what I mean? Like, not, not the old dinosaurs are. They're behind him. Like this guy's actually figured it out. The analytics of the job and stuff. It seems to be going in this direction a hell of a lot more. Um, so we have Boston and the New York Yankees um, throwing it down starting this evening, and it's amazing. These guys haven't played since uh, 2004, and of course that was probably one of the most memorable baseball series in the history of baseball, yep. in which um, they they came back from three nothing down. Of course, Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon was on the Boston Red Sox um, on that team. And subsequently, he played for the Yankees after the fact. So he was asked, he was asked uh, by the Boston Herald, who is he cheering for between the, the Red Sox and the Yankees? He goes, of course, I was on the winning side the last time with Boston. And we recreated some... Um, some um, we recreated so many great moments. It doesn't make sense, but that's what he said. <laughs> and we recreated some many. What does that mean? We cre- why do you say created? Yeah, I don't know. Not Whatever. Yeah, I'm just reading what I see here. Uh, and we we recreated some so many great moments for so many fans after eighty and eighty six years of losing finally turned into winning. Now, I'll be honest, Ken. I don't think Johnny Dame is the brightest guy in the world, right? Um, uh, I'm kind of yeah. with you. I don't think he's a Mensa member. He's like a he looks like a caveman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, this time I'm rooting for New York. Wow, I like it. Big Poppy says, Johnny Damon rooting for New York. He goes, that's some bullshit, isn't it? He goes, Red Sox all the way. I don't know, man. It probably Johnny Damon probably doesn't like someone in the Red Sox, like, head office, you know? or Everyone has a different reason as to why they're going to pick a team. Maybe the Yankees are nicer to him now. Maybe they invite him to more functions, and he makes more yeah. money with being a Yankee than a Red Sox. I can tell you one thing, Morenzi, I'm cheering for the Yankees. I think you're cheering for the Yankees, and we'll be betting on the New York Yankees. Well, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. You know, I'm um, cheering. I've realized, Cam, you know, who we cheer for means nothing. Yeah, we cheer for money for the most part with uh-huh. our bets. I've been cheering to sleep with Shakira for 10 years. Has it happened? No. no. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, oh, you cheer. I love that when people say that. Oh, I'm watching a game. I don't know who to cheer for because I have the over, and I also have this team. It's like, listen, jackass, you don't have to cheer for anything. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? Like, I've really become that guy, Cam, where I'm that bitter and jaded. It's like, yeah, it's, hey, like I don't even, I know, but it, I've changed. I used to, I remember Earl de la Perel, the football coach, may he rest in peace, a good friend of mine. I remember once he said, you want to come out for a beer and or what, a couple of beers? And I told him, nah, I said, I got to watch the game and I got a lot of money on this stuff. And he said, you know, you whether you come out with us or not, 
won't affect what happens in that game. I just exactly. want to let you know that. You know, exactly. <laughs> he's so right. I used to actually think that too. Like I'm a bad luck for this. And then one day you step back from it, go, "Are you an idiot?" Like thinking like that is so it's such a stooge move. There's nothing we can do. No prayer we can have. Hey, we've been on our hands and knees praying for results before. Hey, sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it, it doesn't. That's just the way it goes, man. But uh, I've you know, never yeah. been on my hands and knees praying for results. I have before, but it didn't work. But it was stupid to do because it's not going to work. You've gotten, you've literally, you got on your, you literally got yes. on your knees. Yes, yes, yes. And what you prayed to God for a win? Yeah, I needed San Francisco. It was a, it was a huge bet. But you're not even very religious in the first place, are you? Yeah, I go to church, but I'm not going to say I'm a religious person. How often like, do you I, go to I, church? I'd be lying. Uh, probably twice a year when my parents. That's not going to, to church. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go for like special holidays. If somebody says I go to Christmas. church and you go twice a year. That's not going to yeah. church. You're right. I'm and I'm thinking it's more once every two years as opposed to two times nah, one year. I go, I go, no, I go two. I go two. They ask me usually. Some, some when was the I last time you were times. at church? Uh, last year, last Christmas. Yeah, and we're into October right now. So that's like, once a year. What are you, my, what are you, my pastor? Like, uh, yeah, no, I don't go to church. I, you, you ask the question, I say I go to church uh, a couple times a year top. So you're right. I do I'm not calling you out. Yeah, I'm just saying. Somebody, yeah, you're not a churchgoer. Can I say I visit the church? I don't know. I don't Have you visited that, the really. church I gave you the clothes to bring? <laughs> no. Yeah, I did I did that. That's that's something I did do. What is Gerard? You brought it to Gerard Street? No, not that. I got no. one bag left for that one, yeah. You mean one bag? You told me you had a bunch of bags left before. No, I spread them around the city. No, I got I got <sighs> all the good jersey bags. I, knew I really should have just taken care of this myself. What are you talking about? I, I buddy, you had fifty bags in my car. I help you at the storage locker. I'm going all over Toronto and whatever. I couldn't get to Gerard because of something that happened at my other gig. No, but I wanted I'll to give there. the clothes to these people and they never got them. It's no, been like three the, weeks now. Like it's, it's you know, been a, it's been a week and a half. I'll I'll go. I'll get the clothes there. I guarantee you, and I will. I'll get a picture with the person there of me handing over the bag of clothes. I guarantee it will be done. Guaranteed. It's just taking a little bit longer than I thought. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> taking a little longer. Just, you know, I just so don't what? get up there very much anymore. That's the problem. When are you going to get the clothes there? Next time you go to church, Christmas time. <laughs> I was hoping this weekend, Gabe. You're hoping. <laughs> yeah, well, if I get to Toronto, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, it's, not, it's not nowhere near me right now, right? So I'm going to have to go to Toronto to do something, then I'll drop it off. I don't have a car either. That's another thing. I only borrowed the car to help you move. That's the thing. Well, i got to go rent the car to do it. You already had the car. You didn't borrow the car to help me move. You had no, the car. I, 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 was, I had it for a bit, but I got <laughs> rid of the other stuff. I'm saying I don't have it now, but I can get it again, and it will be done. Cam uh, Cam wouldn't last long in court. Like every every comment he makes, it's like wow. Well, I just tell the truth though. That's yeah, the, it's the like wow. Well, like yeah, I'm, you know, I'm here, but no, I'm not really here. I was there. I was on the way there. Yeah, it's, you got to admit though, Marenzi, from my place to where I'm going, it's not necessarily like just a quick little trip too. Like you can't get there without. Uh, you need wheels. I'm not taking the bus out there or the train. Like there's no way to get there because it's at the other side, right? No, I know, I know, but yeah. you know, it it has dragged on a little bit. I got to believe you've been yeah. in Toronto. Hey, other people were supposed to help that night. I showed up. I should get something for that. I I came through, but you're right. It's taking along with the the the, the final bag to the good people. Yeah, other people took bags too, and I don't think they brought them anywhere. To be honest, like the whole thing's just ridiculous. Like, oh, I, I basically I, I, packed I up a th- bunch of clothes to give away, and I don't even know where the hell they are. No, I I, I gave them to uh, the Salvation Army bin. Two, two where I live, and then I went around to another. Every time I've been somewhere close to one, I put it there. So I spread them out to three bins. I just have not been to your main, the people that you discussed. That's the thing. 
Yeah. I haven't been so to the We haven't been to location. the one people I specifically wanted to. We'll move on from this, but yes. <laughs> you haven't, we haven't been to the one person that I specifically asked that this is who I want to give everything to. Yeah, that's why I saved them the best stuff. That's They're going to get it. All, all the good jerseys go to them. All the other stuff goes, I spread around. Yeah. It's you sound disappointed. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know? It is... It is. It is yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't worry. They're, they're, they're not going anywhere. It's. A, I promise you, from uh, as my witness, like I will take care of the situation. I just. I, it's just taking a long time. But we'll move on. We'll move on. Phil Mixon's leading the golf tournament. Eh? Oh, great. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, him and him and Ryan Moore. Moops. Five uh, Astros just hit a home run. Five two now. Great. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. It was a bad bet going under six and a half. These six and a half. Oh, they, they. They don't. Yeah. They. They usually don't hit. I thought it was Yankees total. Yankees total is interesting because you have two good pitchers. You got sale and half, but at Fenway, a seven and a half at Fenway is very low, Gabe. I don't care how good the pitchers are. You know, that place is a bandbox. Like you could, you can get all sorts of runs, crazy ricochets, you know, like seven and a half, even with half and sale. If they get out of the game, that game, that game could go over. I worry the Yankees got a great bullpen though, but don't you think that total is low? Yeah, I'd be um, I'd be concerned as far as far as this total is concerned, and, and in Fenway it is. Sale is hitable. There's just too much good offense on both teams. Even with great pitchers, it's not a lot of runs. We see, look, they're at seven here, uh, right now. Son of a bitch! This is one of the things that I hate betting a day in advance. This is what happens. Another thing is with Colorado and Milwaukee. That's the series you thought are going to be runs, and those games have been like they're it's in the third inning, but zero zero. It's kind of funny, like you know the one game you think with mediocre. Like look at the starting pitchers in the Colorado Milwaukee game in comparison to Cleveland Houston and all the other games. I would say they're on the tier, the lower grade guys, but uh, they're not scoring any runs. It's opposite to what you think. No, it is true. That's that's baseball. That's the way it works. There's no locks in this stuff, right? No. I guess no, the Houston Astros were being the defending World Series champions just rolling right now. Game time decisions. Red Eat and Rage Radio. Babano joins us next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenci. Thanks to Steve Merrill uh, for stepping up and then joining us. 5-2 5-2 right now. Houston Astros still scoreless. Uh, Colorado and Milwaukee, they're in the third. Astros and Indians are into the seventh. We got the uh, New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox tonight at uh, 7.30. And probably a good thing they're starting that at 7.30, actually, and um, not 8.25 or whatever, just because these games are going to be so damn long. And you've got the uh, Atlanta Braves taking on Clayton Kershaw and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That game is at uh, 9.37 Eastern 
uh, time tonight. First pitch. Got to love uh, baseball playoffs, afternoon baseball. Man, I would like it better if I was on the Houston Astros any over, but yeah. it is what it is. We move forward. Babano joins us. RightWager.com. What's up, Babano? You know, guys, I was wondering what the, the schedule here. It's a little different because I remember they'd have these Fridays during the division series. It'd be 12.30, 4 o'clock, 7, 10 o'clock. They'd do a quadruple header and separate all the games, but it's a weird schedule. You have this game at 2 o'clock. You have one at 7.30. You have the Dodgers game at 9.30. It's just they changed up the schedule a little bit. They're not... You know, you got the games going on simultaneously. It's a little weird how they did it, but I'll tell you what about Cleveland losing right now. I was wondering in the back of my mind, okay, Indians played had a good season, no question, but you feasted on a horrible division all year. Royals, Tigers, White Sox, Twins. Is it going to show up maybe in the playoffs? It's only one game, uh, but something to keep in mind as the Astros are taking that care of business here today in game one. I hear what you're saying there, but I just think the Astros are actually just that good. Right, it is. There's no doubting. I mean, the Indians play in a bad division, but so do the Red Sox and Yankees. Right? I mean, the Blue Jays suck. The the Baltimore Orioles won 47 games and were awful. Yeah, the Baltimore Orioles were historically bad and won 47 games. Um, The Tampa Bay Rays went on a run at the end, but you know, the, the the fact is, the American League generally sucked. There was like five good teams, and everyone else was terrible. It'll it'll find itself. I know I talked about it earlier, but Bano's just Kluber, Corey Kluber. He's he's he hasn't won a lot of big games to be honest yep. over the years. And here's here's just another example. Yeah, he's like uh, David Price and Chris Sale with the Red Sox, and we're going to see what they're all about uh, in this series coming up against the Yankees. They've had trouble playing pitching well in the postseason. Sale didn't pitch well last year in the month of October. We know Price has had a miserable time in the playoffs. And you're right, Kluber. He hasn't really stepped up and laid it down and just been dominant and mow through lineups like he has in the regular season in the playoffs. His back-to-back seasons, have seen Kluber hit around just a little bit, and that's got to be concerning for uh, Tito and company with this Indians team. All right, so looking at tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask him, Gabe, about the the Yankees. Are, it's a big price, fellas. Like, it's it's a lot. It is, like, plus one. I'm seeing plus 162 you can get out there. That's a lot of money, and Hap has had good success against the Red Sox. To For me, it's the Yankees or nothing, Babano. I don't know what you're doing with this game. Well, early in his career, Jay was more hapless. Uh, than pitching well, but uh, he's a guy that's uh, been, yeah, exactly. But he's pitched great. I mean, since coming to the New York Yankees, he's been phenomenal. I mean, since they got him from the Jays, he's got a great ERA, barely two, a 1.99 ERA this season, believe it or not, against the Red Sox. So he's pitched very well uh, against this Boston team. I took the Yankees. I took a shot here, plus 160. Here's an angle that I like in these division series and games one. When a team's won the wild card round, you know, they've got that game they just played a couple days ago. They've got a little energy. they got a little momentum. They're feeling good about themselves. I like to bet on those teams in game one against the rusty uh, team that hasn't played since last weekend, that's been off since for six days, like the Boston Red Sox have been a team that's coasted into the AL East division title weeks ago uh, and hasn't really played intense baseball for a very long time. This could be that spot where the Yankees have a chance to steal one here. Uh, and Chris Sale, great numbers this season, great numbers at Fenway, horrible numbers in the playoffs last year, though nine runs in 12 or 13 innings pitched in the postseason. Not good whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to take the shot here with Happen the Yankees. It's a great price. I think they have a chance at least to steal game one. There's going to be a lot of people tonight if the uh, – a lot of people are betting this game because of the price. But I, yeah. I get it. Listen, the Yankees legitimately can win this game. So it's not just a 
a throwaway bet because, oh, we're just getting too much value on this. Yet, you know, I haven't heard, I don't know anyone who really wants to bet the Boston Red Sox because of the number. Oh, the Yankees have a chance because of the price. As Joey Odessa brought up this morning, you know, people always say, oh, after a, lo- a, a bet lost. Well, it was a good bet. You know, all that value. It wasn't a good bet if it lost, right? So <laughs> exactly. that, that's the whole thing. So people are sort of talking themselves into this Yankee deal. Even me, I can't believe it's plus 165. It's crazy. Jay Hop is 7 and 0 as a Yankee. He's 8 and 4 in his career. He's 7 and 0 since he was acquired. He's 8 and 4 in his career against the Red Sox. He's pitched really well at Fenway before. This is the reason they brought him in. I like your angle, Babano. It's true. That's why I like Colorado in game 1 yesterday, but I fell short because they had been playing competitive baseball in Milwaukee, hadn't been doing anything for the past uh 4 or 5 days, and the Red Sox really haven't played meaningful baseball uh in a while. But they're just so damn good, right? And they know the importance of game one. It's a tough game. No, it definitely is. Uh, it's because If you're going by sales performance this season for the Boston Red Sox, there's a reason he's favored uh, by this kind of number. And you've got two teams that are a little sketchy against lefty pitching. But there's been, I think, a little bit larger of a drop when it comes to Boston with their plate production, righty versus lefty. Uh, batting average is a lot less, nearly a run per game less against lefties. We'll see if that shows up tonight. And I was really, really impressed by the Yankee pen the other night against Oakland. Great they pen. really pitched well. Boston's pen did not pitch so well down the stretch. 5 ERA, 5.08 ERA for that Boston pen in their last 10 games down the stretch. They started to show some warts with their relief core. We'll see if that shows up a little bit, not only tonight, but in this series. Home field normally isn't like the be-all that end-all, right? We all know this in baseball. Yet, with with stadiums like the Yankees and and the Red Sox, so um, Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium, they're a little bit different. They actually are sort of special places that it's not your typical just sort of, ah, we're going on the road. And we've seen it, Cam. The Red Sox... It, you don't want to bet against these guys normally no. during the regular. You're like, they're no, going to find no, no. a way. Their crowd yeah, wills imagine. them to victory. Yeah. The Yankee fans, similar situation. It's just so, sort of loud, and they're in. They're involved in every pitch. And you look, they played 19 times this year. These two teams did, the Red Sox and the Yankees. And the Red Sox won. The Red Sox were 7-3 and three at Fenway against the Yankees. And the Yankees were 6-3 and three against the Red Sox uh, at Yankee Stadium. So it goes to show, Cam Babano, that basically I think home field does matter in this series. And maybe one team can steal a game on the road, but both these teams are just so good at home. It's going to be tough for the Yankees to win tonight. I would even put the Dodgers in that mix, even though not as rowdy. Like, like just just the mystique of the stadium, the way it is. It's not the same, Cam. I'm a Dodger fan. Not the same. It's not well. It's not the same. The as The Dodgers have a good atmosphere, but it's not. Yes. It's not the same as Fenway no, or. Uh, no, I would say. I would say Fenway and, and Yankee Stadium are at the top. I'm saying though the Dodgers still, in comparison to places like Colorado, Atlanta, the remain the remaining parks, there is a mystique to it. That's I mean, just, look, Ken, right. the Dodgers. They, all you need to know: the Dodgers had a better record on the road than they did at home. The Dodgers are 45 and 37 this year at home. Eight games over 500. They were 47 and 34 on the road. Like, you know, the Dodgers, Solid. it's more intimidating now than it was in past years. It seems like the L.A. Dodger crowd is sort of toughened up a little bit. But it's it's not the same as guys going to Yankee Stadium or Fenway and they think they're going to get screwed. It was like the Montreal Forum before. You know, they think there's ghosts yeah. and, you know, the umps are biased and the crowd and just everything. It's, it gets in their head. 
You go into Dodger Stadium and you're just sort of looking and thinking, man, that chick's got a nice rack in Section 310, right? Like, it's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's sunny. It's nice. It's not, you know, it's usually bright outside when you play still. It's a different atmosphere. So home field, home field's big. Home field's big. And, and, and Red Sox have three, three of the five. All right, Babano. So what about um, so any baseball picks? And then we'll move on to the college football. You want to give us anything or you, you got nothing? That was the that, that's the one I'm definitely liking most. The Yankees uh, as an underdog, I think they're really live in that game, catching plus one sixty. As for the Braves and Dodgers, I, I would actually lean a little bit Dodgers laying the run and a half uh, in this game. If you couldn't beat Hyunjin Ryu, a lefty, and the Braves have a much better split against lefty pitching this season, and you couldn't, you were completely shut down by him last night. How are you going to fare now against Kershaw and Bueller? Bueller moving forward in this series, I'm not Bueller. so sure here. Bueller. For this Atlanta Braves team, I, like I think last night was their shot to really, you know, get that first win, uh, put some maybe doubt in the Dodgers' minds, plant that seed. They they failed miserably, and I don't I don't know if they're going to win a game now. You got to face Kershaw tonight. I don't trust Anibal Sanchez. I know he's been a revelation of sorts for the Atlanta Braves, but we know he's still capable of giving up the long ball. And the Dodgers have really truly become a long ball team lately. A lot of their runs have come via the home run. Uh, Dodgers run line. If I had to play that one, Dodgers run line says Bob Bano. Um, college football tonight, Babano. Uh, any opinion on these games tonight? I already played BYU. I've got nothing else going on. Yeah, I took the other side early in the week, but I got plus three with Utah State. Uh, I like their, I like Jordan Love, the quarterback. Dual threat, he's been great throwing the ball. He's athletic, can make plays on the ground as well. Not a great defense, Utah State, uh, but you're facing a BYU offense that, let's be honest, has been underwhelming. Uh, Tanner Mangum, I haven't really seen progression from him at the quarterback spot. Uh, it's a pedestrian type of BYU attack. I think it's a little more manageable type of uh, spot here for uh, Utah State's defense. So Utah State handed it to BYU last year. It is a revenge situation here uh, for BYU. Uh, but I think Utah State uh, has played very well so far, uh, has a chance to win this game. The other two, uh, I don't want Louisville, but Georgia Tech laying points on the road that, with that defense. That's not something I'm in love with doing, so that's a pass for me. I'd lean Georgia Tech, but I don't love it. Yeah. Uh, Marshall, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I, I actually, I think there's some value in the over now. Uh, there's some talk that Isaiah Green may not be uh, the quarterback tonight for Marshall. Alex Thompson might be in instead. And I think that might be an upgrade, believe it or not. I've not been enamored with Green uh, at the quarterback spot. Even if he doesn't go, I think Thompson. Uh, showed last week he's capable for this Marshall team at the quarterback spot. You got Stockstill, the co- son of the coach, uh, still at quarterback. Seems like he's been there forever. Uh, Brent Stockstill here for this uh, Middle Tennessee State team. Bit more of a pedestrian offense than they've had in the past, but it's reflected in the total. It's down toward 50 now, 50 and a half. Uh, and I think if Thompson plays, and it sounds like he might, I think it'll be a help for this uh, Marshall offense. They do have a very good defense. That would be the concern for anyone liking the over. But the numbers come down, and I see value in that number to play it over now. Yeah, I, the thing about Louisville is you want you look you look at the home dog, and but then you look at the situation of the team. They've gagged away wins all year. Petrino's a gong show. They, uh, w- with the buyout, he has to stick around there. It just seems like there's just problems and more problems uh, with that school. Not really uh, want want to lay five with the rambling wreck from Georgia Tech, they, but they, they got pummeled at least by good teams like Clemson, Babano. Exactly. I mean, uh, that's the problem. Louisville, Bobby Petrino, the one thing he could hang his hat on was offense, right? Uh, an offensive guy uh, has had Lamar Jackson in the past. 
at Teddy Bridgewater before that at Louisville, but uh, it's just not been the same here uh, so far this season. Jawan Pass, Malik Cunningham, he's going back and forth with the quarterbacks. He's not giving any either of them confidence because he's yanking one, putting the other in, yanking that guy going back to the initial starter. It's a mess right now at Louisville. So, no, nah, don't, don't want no part of them right now. So there's a lot of big games. Uh, tomorrow starts uh, with the uh, Red River shootout. I guess they call it the Red River rivalry now rivalry, because they're, yeah, it's all politically correct. No guns, No guns. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stu, it's the Red River shootout. Come on. Whatever. So uh, Red, River, uh, Red River shootout, Texas and Oklahoma. We all know about Tom Herman um, and his ATS record as an underdog. Thing with Tom Herman, listen, he got a lot of money. There's a lot of hype about him, but he's starting to get him some results at least. Good you point. know, they beat TCU. They beat USC. They're still not, you know, I, they're good. They're not great, Texas. They're going in the right direction. You know, they settled on the quarterback situation. This is the big one, right? Like, you know, if Herman can beat Oklahoma, then he becomes sort of a, a mini folk hero uh, in Austin already. I'm not sure, sure they do. I think there should be some points in this game, though, but Bano, I know you're like in Texas. I already played a piece of Texas just sort of blindly because of the Herman underdog and, I think they're going to be able to, half. yeah, they'll be able yeah, to trade eight. points, right? So they should go back and forth and trade points, uh, may, you know, and who can come up with a stop or two. So I played the over and I played Texas, Babano. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Tom Herman, what he's now, 11-1 and one against the spread as an underdog, as a head coach at Houston and Texas combined, and I think I've won on five or six of those 11 uh, underdog caches. Like, I caught on to this very early, uh, and I've just been repeatedly betting it every time. A team coached by Herman has been in the underdog role, and it continues to pay off. It did when he was a dog against TCU uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and they're playing their best ball right now, Texas. Haven't since that opener against Maryland, that game where I think Maryland was all psyched up for that game with the uh, tra- tragedy that occurred over the offseason with that program. Uh, Texas walking into a buzzsaw there ever since they've played a lot better. What I like about Allinger is he's not lit up the scoreboard offensively or the big passing yards, but he's protected the ball. Seven touchdowns, no picks. Uh, in his last four starts, that's a good sign. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Oklahoma's offense has seen a defense this good. They played FAU, who's down. UCLA's rebuilding. Uh, you know, Army. They were life and death to win that game. Baylor's been a disaster going back to when Art Browse was forced out of there. They haven't really gotten any better. This is now a step up in class for Kyler Murray and the offense facing this Texas defense, which has allowed 16 or less points uh, in three straight games. Yeah. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Quick break. Uh, On the other side, we'll talk uh, more college football as well as some NFL football. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci alongside Cam Stewart, Fantasy Sports and Network. 
Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, with us. RightWager.com. You can find Babano's picks over at RightWager.com. Uh, All right, Babano, so before we get into the uh, the NFL, um, you know, other big college games. Kentucky have been real good to me this year. I don't know if I can go back to the well one more time with them. We're getting five and a half as um, Benny Snell has been uh, running and gashing SEC defenses. Kentucky are undefeated. They're going up there to College Station. Uh, we got Mississippi State, who have lost a couple of games in a row. We got Auburn at Mississippi State. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas. I actually like the over of that game. I think I think there'll be some points uh, in that game. Uh, Missouri, South Carolina is another interesting one. South Carolina were heavily hyped um, to, you know, compete and all this. They lose to – everyone liked them against Georgia. I didn't play it. Everyone liked them against Georgia. They got smashed by Georgia. And uh, now South Carolina gets smashed by Kentucky, and everyone thinks they're terrible. But I think this is a good spot for them, actually, here against uh, Missouri. Well, Arizona State of Colorado, too. Colorado's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think it's a little light here against Arizona State. Colorado playing really good at home. So before we hit the NFL, any other college games you like, Babano? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Arizona State-Colorado. It is low number, but when you start looking back at what Colorado's done, a lot of their impressive wins were against, are against teams that we're now finding out they're not very good or they're not so good. Uh, Colorado State, they laid waste to them. Nebraska on the road, we thought, wow, what a great win that was. Uh, Nebraska's turned out to really have a lot of tough times in Scott Frost's first season. So uh, Colorado's schedule has come up a little like UCLA and UCLA's rebuilding. Uh, so we'll see what the – I mean, Arizona State, I've been – Tougher totally schedule than Alabama's team. played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no doubt about it. But I'm not ready. Did we just lose Babano? Oh, I thought I was gone. I could, yeah, I just heard. Yeah, I think he's gone, Gabe. You could still hear me though. That's good. I yeah, we're talking. Yeah, I hear. I hear you still. Yeah. So you know, his, you know, it just sounded like a light. It just went like he, yeah, something happened there. Thought we got to be something with this guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe the power went out. It was actually crazy. The power went out at my place. Power power outages don't affect phones. Yeah, that's a good point. point. Cell phones aren't plugged in, Cam. (laughs) I'm starting to think. Yeah, I'm starting to think. Yeah, that makes sense. Cam's like a power outage. What? You walk around with a power outlet on a cell phone on your street? That's right. Yeah, I got a power outlet in my in my knapsack. Sometimes though, there are those sort of you know the um, the the wireless wireless phones at home. The run by battery, they can die sometimes if they're not plugged in. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, no. Sounds like Babano's Samsung Nine's a piece of crap. I'm with you, Marenzi. I remember Hainzer, me and you were shaking him down when he was getting that phone in the mail. And for a nice piece of phone, uh, I don't know if it's really uh, worth it. Not a good value play with the Samsung 9. Yeah, we're great, great start here tonight. We start off the show. <laughs> hey, buddy, we just got to keep the train Start off the man. show and uh, to train wreck. And now Babano <laughs> comes on, train wreck. <laughs> like, I wonder if Babano's, like, just talking to himself into the phone right now. That's what I kind of want to know. I wish we had a camera at his place to see if he still thinks he's just answering the question. <laughs> and uh, Who knows? Who like, knows? is Babano going to call back or are we calling them? Are you calling Babano back right now? Yeah. <laughs> Colorado got out of. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. it was on us, actually. And somehow, like, we just hung up on really? him or maybe our yeah, system well, crashed or something. Maybe not me and you. I'm glad we're still connected, buddy. That's a that's a good set. That's good. I always worry about that. I don't know. But as you see, like, uh, yo, Yang. So what's going on up there or down there? I'm always confused where we are. Yeah. Up and down. Up and down. Yeah. So are we calling? Are we calling him back? Is he calling us back or is there a phone issue? What's going on? 
I don't understand either. There's like two people in that room. Like how he doesn't hear me when I talk to him, Ken. <laughs> like, <laughs> Marenzi, I can see the, ra- the the blood boiling a little bit. It's <laughs> well, basically, it's like our guest is gone. Like you know, we should be told we're getting him back. Get- we lost him. There's a phone issue. But instead, it's like we're on the moon. It's like you know, they're they're ten feet away from me. I'm in the studio. I have no idea what's going on right now. Like no idea. It's like so, like, yeah, like, like, how long are we supposed to not have an idea for? Like, it's, it's like, come on, dude. All right, so, uh, yo, are we getting Bobano back on the air? I, I'm not talking to Yang. I'm not talking to Cam here. So, what's going on with Bobano? Was it a phone issue? Is he gone? Are you calling him? Is he calling back? What's up? All right, so, yep, there it is. Right, do we have a battle back right now? Is he there? I hear you. I hear you. I called back twice, and finally, there we go. I hear you. We're back. All right. Hey, hey Babano. Hey, buddy. How you <laughs> what doing? the hell that was? I don't know. Uh, it's all good now. Yeah, neither, neither do I, Babano. Like it's uh, yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot of it's, it's a common a thing, in which I don't know. So uh, I'm with you, Marenzi. I got no. Clue. I called back like just a minute ago, and it's dead silence for like two minutes. So I hang up. I'm like, all right, I'll try it one more time, and then right away, I hear your wonderful voices. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, Babano. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yang you. You know, so <laughs> live radio, people. Live radio. What's that guy? I'm thinking of that soldier. What's his name, though? Bergdahl. Yeah. The guy that left his post. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> I think they it put him in well. jail. I think, didn't they? Yeah, it didn't end yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, good, not good to leave the post. No, bad boy. All right, Babano. So, as I was asking, I don't know what happened, Babano. Your phone just cut out, too. What's up with that? Yeah, just all of a sudden, bing, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't hear anybody, and it's called. Oh, there's got to be an incident with you, Babano. Every time you come on. Every time, like either there's a dog barking, you you, barking, an, you yeah. answer the door, package. like yeah, package for. Oh, yeah. We'll, I'll give you one in college here, the Iowa State. I mean, it's down to nine and a half now. This team has been remarkable as a road underdog, remarkable under Matt Campbell. I mean, look at what they've done already this year. Oklahoma, they hang tough as a double-digit dog. TCU, uh, and TCU was in a spot after they had lost two in a row, and Iowa State still hangs tough uh, in that game. They're going to get Montgomery, the running back, uh, on the field again. He's a big deal for their offense. Zeb Nolan's been okay at the quarterback spot in place of the injured Kyle Kemp. He's actually been able to throw the football a little bit. It's a lot of points here. Iowa State's just that feisty it's right in it, team. They got it out. They, they rarely get blown out. I think they hang within that nine and a half, ten there at Oklahoma State. All right, so let's jump into uh, the National Football League uh, right now. It's a tough. Um, it's it's an interesting card this week. There's a lot of evenly matched teams. There's a lot of desperate teams, and there's a lot of teams that need to win, and not all of them can can win. I'm talking like the Atlanta Falcons and the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of them's going to be essentially screwed. Uh, the loser is basically your season's over. You're you're one and four. It's really hard to come back from one and four. You're one three and one. You might as well be one and four. You know, and especially if Baltimore wins, Pittsburgh gets buried. The Minnesota Vikings they bring Kirk Cousins in. They can't get wins. Uh, Philadelphia in its little Super Bowl hangover here. Yep. They you know they could end up being two and three right now. There's you know the New York Giants are going to be all but dead after they lose this game, which I think they will. 
It's, uh, you know, you got the Green Bay Packers who can't really get on track. They, they're winning one, lose one, and they're all banged up. It's uh, it's an interesting week this week. A lot of weird dynamics uh, by Babano. Yeah, I took Atlanta-Pittsburgh over. I've talked about that previously. But, yeah, I'm just riding Atlanta over while they continue to just be a sieve uh, and injury-riddled defensively like they are with all the guys that are out, and Jones and Neal and Allen in the secondary, and now maybe uh, Grady Jarrett as well on the defensive tackle. Thought Vic Beasley as well questioned. I mean, it's just one injured uh, body after another on defense. I think you'll get points from both sides. I don't think Pittsburgh's defense, is, especially in that secondary, is shutting down Matt Ryan in this game either. It's a high number, but I think I got it at 57 even at 58, I could recommend that game over the total. I'm going to buy low a little bit with the Dolphins this week, plus six at Cincinnati. Uh, I think yeah. the Dolphins now, uh, after a bad loss last week, look, Cincinnati, if you go back and look at the, t- at the times they've been laying more than a field goal, they've been bad. And I think the only point spread covers the last two seasons for Cincinnati when laying more than three points came against Cleveland, when Cleveland's been you know just an atrocious football team. Uh, so that's going to be the issue with laying this number with Cincy. I know they have Joe Mixon back. Uh, people are reacting to that. They have Perfect back on defense, but Perfect's just as liable to do something stupid, uh, unnecessary roughness. Uh, you know, talk some smack to the ref, get a 15-yard penalty as he is to make a play on defense. So uh, you got to be careful with that guy's temperament. Uh, I think Miami, uh, from what I've read, they're stewing about the loss against New England last week. You know, they've been competitive in every single game prior to last week. Uh, I think Miami plus six can stay inside that number. And it's not like the Bengals' defense is putting up enough stops right now to trust them laying a full six. I was on them last week, but they're catching five and a half, uh, five uh, at Atlanta in that game. Uh, now you're laying six. That's a different point spread range for Cincy. One I don't trust them in. Miami are just so banged up on the offensive line. That's that's the concern. That's a problem. That's the problem. concern there. Yeah, that's, and I like the Dolphins too. I've been trying to talk my at Houston just score again. I've been trying to um, talk myself in and all week. I like the Dolphins, but you know the, the 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 numerous offensive line injuries are freaking me out a little bit. But I'm not going to talk myself out of it. I agree with what you said, Babano. That it's more so just to play against the Bengals as well. And listen, exactly. Nobody bets the Bengals more than I do, but. Not a good spot and for I've them. Asking them to win I've, by six. Exactly. And I've seen this before from their from their teams uh, in all the years with Marvin Lewis on it, and all the years and Andy Dalton on it. A huge win in Atlanta, down to the wire. What an emotional, you know, final play of the game. Almost they won that game, and then they just lay an absolute stinking egg the next week. I've seen this happen before with Cincinnati, and I'm worried that comes to grips with them again here. Hey, Babano, uh, Jacksonville and Kansas City is a game, Gabe and I. We haven't really talked about it in length this week. want to get your opinion. Depending on the number, Kansas City's covered in every game. If you got a good spot last week, even though Denver played great for you know most of that football game. I, I actually lean Jacksonville. I think this is maybe the week that Kansas City, you know, they, they show some flaws in that game. Denver actually had Mahomes rattled for a little bit till the magic at the end of that game. Not, not his best game, but he got it done. But the Jaguars on the road, it seems like a short price for Kansas City. I like Jacksonville outright in this situation. What do you, what's your opinion on the Jaguars and Chiefs? Yeah, it's Jacksonville plus three. They're the better defense. I lean in that direction, although I'm probably going to stay away. I'm probably not ready to get in front of the KC freight train, especially at home at Arrowhead, and you're going to ask Blake Boyles to win the game for you uh, on the road in a tough environment. I'm not really in love with doing that. I'd lean Jacksonville here, but this is a great game to watch, right? you got strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness on both sides. you got an elite offense in Kansas City versus an elite defense in Jacksonville. You have a bottom-tier offense in Jacksonville, bottom-tier quarterback specifically, and a bottom-tier defense in Kansas City. I wouldn't say Jacksonville's offense is bottom-tier, though. 
No, it's, yeah, it's below average. A quarterback below average in particular. He's averaging a career well, high 6.8 yards per pass play right now. He was good last week. I, I, I mean, you're saying below good. average, whatever. They're, they're, they're 12th in the National Football League in rushing, and they're 16th in passing. They average 265, yeah. so it's it's not below average. It's middle, it's, of, the it's middle of the pack. Middle. Yeah, and you've got a, probably a worse defense than that in Kansas City. So they should, they, they can make plays. I mean, Leonard Fournette not going to play doesn't bother me. I think Yeldon can run the football a little bit. I also still lean to the over in this game, 49. But 49 is just not the, it's not the kind of total I trust Jacksonville games to go over in right now. And I think from, from what I've read, they're going to really milk this play clock, uh, play to play, keep Mahomes off the field, really ball control, possession time of possession type of mentality for Jacksonville on offense. And that's enough to scare me off the over, not, not to bet it. I'm going over the number in this game. I like it a lot. Um, Kansas City can't stop anybody. And Jacksonville's offense is better than people realize. People, oh, Blake Bortles sucks. And I don't even like Blake Bortles that much. But Bortles uh, is efficient. He's had a pretty decent year. Exactly. Yeah, he can run the ball. You know, he had one bad game against Tennessee. But you look at their offense this year. Um, you know, you look what they've done uh, against um, the New England Patriots. They scored 31 points, yep. right? They put up 31 points um, there. Against Tennessee, they, they got stuffed. They had a bad game. They put up 31 against the Jets. They put up uh, 20 yep. on the road against the New York Giants. You know, they're averaging 22 points a game. I hear, a, you know, they're, they're not going to be confused for Kansas City, but if you weigh out, Cam, if you weigh out Jacksonville's offense and defense, you know, their defense yeah. is the best. Their offense is middle of the road. Kansas City's offense is really good, but Kansas City's defense is putrid. Defense sucks. Kind of advantage for Jacksonville. But, you know, we had Teddy on this morning, and Teddy brought up a good point. There's all this talk about offense and defense, and defense wins championships. Yeah. It does in the Super Bowl, but the last five times in a regular season that the best defense played the best offense, the offense won all five games. I don't know if Jacksonville can outscore these guys. I'm looking forward to watching this game. I like Kansas City, and I, I really like the over a lot. I don't think uh, KC can stop Jacksonville, and I don't think Jacksonville, as good as they are, will slow down KC. And the one thing, too, about KC's defense, they got bailed out by one of the worst overthrows and missed wide-open receivers I've seen in quite some time with Case Keenum uh, late in that game against Denver. That was a wide-open target down the sideline in that final minute when they were trying to win the game, and he missed them. Flat-out missed them, and uh, that's why KC's still undefeated right now. Any other game, Cam, before we get Babano out of here? Yeah, I want to get his. Well, we, we've talked about this game with everybody. We haven't got Babano's opinion. Buffalo now getting five and a half at home against Tennessee. I think Gabe and I are going to pull the trigger on Buffalo Bill Babano. Where do you go with that? I can believe the Titans are favored by five and a half. I would have made the line three or three and a half. What's your thoughts? Well, that's actually a game I recorded as my uh, SBR NFL play uh, video for this week uh, on a sportsbookreview.com. And uh, I'm with you. I'm taking a shot with Buffalo here. Uh, it's, it, look, it's a uh, it's Tennessee team. It's been a great story so far, 3-1, and one, but all three wins by three points exactly. You're putting them in a totally different spread range than anything they've experienced so far. Now they're laying five and a half, even six earlier today on the road. Okay, Buffalo was terrible last week, shut out against Green Bay. Sean McDermott was ripping the offense, saying we couldn't run, we couldn't pass, we couldn't block, we couldn't pass protect. Well, I know the O-line issues aren't going anywhere, but I think this defense dug in there. They still battled, I thought, last week against Green Bay. They kept Aaron Rodgers decently in check. 
and kept that game from getting really out of hand despite the offense not doing anything. And I think they can bring that defense here with them. I've still got to see Mariota here after a huge big win against Philadelphia be able to follow it up on the road after such a huge performance and win there to do it again. Uh, I'm not ready to think Mariota's at that level just yet. Vrabel's done great so far. This this spot just flat out stinks to me for Tennessee. I think after getting shut out by Green Bay last week, they're not as good as when they beat Minnesota, Buffalo, but I don't think they're quite as bad as getting shut out as the way they look getting shut out by Green Bay last week. So I'm going to take my chance. Roll the dice. Circle the wagons time. Let's go Buffalo plus the five and a half. Yeah, the Bills always circle the wagons, but they don't do anything. Like I you know all this circling the wagons not I winning. Know. I think the wagons I think the wagons got a wooden tire. Like well, I don't know. They yeah, can circle wagons wagon. all they want. They can't score. So you can circle all the wagons you want. I mean, even me, I'm like, yeah, enough of your circle in the wagons, guys. How about like you score a damn point? Yeah. Exactly. So we only got about circle a, the wagons. Get on the wagon and ride, baby. Ride. We've only got a minute. We've only got a minute left uh, here, so only two games in the NHL tonight. Carolina Hurricanes, Columbus Blue Jackets, San Jose Sharks, SJ Sharkey, and uh, Bailey. Uh, anything in the NHL tonight, Babano, and uh, we've got, you got about 15 seconds. Yeah, give me SJ Sharkey. I like these games early in the season where we've got one team that's had a game under their belt. They're kind of more used to each other. L.A. hasn't had a regular season game yet. This will be their first game. Don't be fooled by the loss to Anaheim. San Jose dominated them. Shots on goal chances. It was not a good game for Martin Jones. I think he bounces back. Sharks are the better team. Near even money to back them. I'll take that with the Sharks. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. You can find him over at rightwager.com as well as uh, sportsbookreview.com. You can catch his videos, his picks, rightwager.com. Always uh, good, Babano. Thanks for the time. We'll take a quick break. We're going to talk some NFL, DFS, and uh, everything else in between. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions. I like that promo, Gabe. Fantasy Sports Before Network. Fired up. <laughs> I'm done with Tom Brady. Ah, it's just getting a little, uh, getting a little old watching Tom Brady uh, dominate the Indianapolis Colts every uh, oh, so all the stupid, time man. once a year. I just love how, and he's the only other quarterback that gets like. And you talked about this a long time ago. He gets in the refs huddle. He's like, "Hey, how you doing? How are your kids?" Like, oh yeah, he can do it. Unbelievable! It's, it's it's his league. It's the Tom Brady National Football League, man. The guy, he's the boss of the league. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, he can do anyway. uh, he can do whatever he wants. All right. So, speaking of doing whoever uh, whatever you want, um, Conor McGregor is pretty much just does whatever the hell oh, he yeah. wants. I hope he gets his ass kicked so bad. I'm I'm betting against him. I don't care what the line is, Morency. It's just I'm telling you, man. I'm so you, you talk about it. Like this this guy's shtick and act. It's uh, it's ridiculous. From throwing chairs through windows on buses to late to press conferences, like enough is enough with this guy. Like he gets away with murder too. How, imagine being a regular employee and pulling this shit off. Like it's it's insane. So I see I see uh, Dana White defends Conor McGregor. Sick of hearing about bus attack being staged. 
So yeah, you know what? Conor, Conor McGregor throws a dolly through the glass. Um, Ray Borg gets a glass in his eye. Ray Borg's kid is now sick and you know, fighting for his life. Conor doesn't restitute anybody. And Dana White defends Conor. Sick of hearing about it. Like, you know, whatever, dude. Dana White's just, dude, man, he's just a jerk. Like, what's he going to do to me? Well, you're going to be, you know, <laughs> he's already, they've already tried everything they're going to do. I really don't care whether, you know, they're, I don't, I don't ask them for a press pass. So I don't really care, but. The level of assholeness associated with this company is just over the top. It's like the bigger douchebag you can be. It's like Connor's a dick, and um, you know he gets he gets love. There was no punishment for what he did. Here's I see you know here's Mike Perry. Mike Perry running his mouth. Mike Perry's a racist. And has it hurt him for getting fights? No. You know it's just the UFC. It's um, the best thing that can happen is when Dana White moves on. Like he built them up. He's the you know it's your greatest strength, your greatest weakness, and I give him full credit. The Houston Astros, it's official they win. Uh, I give him full credit. Nobody could have built this up the way that he did. It wasn't his money, but he still deserved credit for it. But the way he is now and his level of disdain for the fighters, the fans, and just everybody besides Connor is pretty disgusting. And quite frankly, I hope the guy from Dazakstan, because it'll really piss Dana off. The last thing Dana White wants is a non-drinking, alcohol-hating Muslim to be the face of the UFC. That's the last thing he needs. He doesn't speak English. He's religious. And he's not the religion that's popular in this side of the world. He doesn't like alcohol. He hates everybody and everything. It's like, it's a nightmare. You can't sell the guy, right? So it's just going to be so funny if, like, he smashes Connor and Dana's stuck with this Dazic Stanny. I'm going to love it. <laughs> I'm going to love it too, Moretz. Yeah, but he does fight bears too. He wrestles with bears. That's a skill. Uh, a sideshow circus skill there when he's a kid. He's fighting off bears. I hope he absolutely mauls Connor McGregor. I, I'm, I'm with you the, the same way. Dana White and his relationship, it's like, it's it's actually insane. It's actually insane to defend Connor and what he's done, ruining other people's lives and careers. And he, he just thinks everything's a big friggin' joke all the time. Oh, ha, ha, you don't, I can get away with murder. He's like that yep. kid. You know what I mean? He never gets any discipline. So he just keeps on doing it and doing it and doing it. And hey, what do you want to be that prick? Somebody, there's always somebody tougher than you. And I hope it, uh, I hope, I hope it happens this week. That guy needs to be shut up and, and for the way he treats people. And uh, you know what? I'm really, really hoping he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, it's funny because I don't know if you heard yesterday, uh, Cam. So the smack talk got pretty big, right? So a couple of nights yeah. ago, Khabib uh, told a bunch of Irish people, I don't know how you cheer for Conor McGregor. His grandfather was a British soldier who killed your people. So that was pretty deep. And then yesterday, Conor McGregor called, um, he basically said that Habib's manager is a terrorist and you know shouldn't be allowed in the United States. And then he got caught on September 11th coming from Egypt to New York City. And he was removed from a plane with five passports of different identities. Now, pretty crazy accusation, right? That, that's a bold accusation. I hope he's got something to back it up. Well, I, don't, I didn't hear anyone say going to sue anybody after. <laughs> exactly. Long story short, uh, everybody's sort of in, in, you know, you know, I follow like a lot of government and sort of spy stuff. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You do. So, like, I read up on all this stuff, and basically, long story short, uh, there's always been a thought process that this guy, Ali, that he worked for the CIA, but the CIA isn't sure whether he's playing them. Like, I read a story about this guy, about how no one knows whose side he's really on. Like, who's he playing? 
that you know he knows everything he knows everything about both sides of this and that the world series of fighting i know it sounds crazy but the world series of fighting which was a fight company was a front for like the company like basically he needed to do something so they gave him money and he started this mma company but in all actuality so it's sort of like the movie argo where they did a fake movie and you know what i mean yeah so you know but the thing is People think that's so far-fetched. No, that's why it's probably true, because it just is so stupid and far-fetched that they'd be like, that's brilliant. And he can travel around, he can do whatever, and no one's ever going to suspect that he's an MMA manager, a CIA agent. Like, it's perfect. And he can travel around the world, Cam, right? Don't forget. Why are you in this country? Well, I'm here because of this fight. I'm here because of that. Like, it's actually a great cover, really. So, Connor basically knows something. He said the guy's a terrorist. Right, that he was part of whatever. And I'm telling you, there's been weird things. Like, people are scared of the guy, okay? And I shouldn't probably even be talking about it right now, but Connor is the one that threw it out there. So I'm looking right now, Cam. I don't see it anywhere online. Like, I'm looking right now. Like, they have they have Connor McGregor promising a devastating knockout. Yep. Tony, Tony Ferguson gives inspirational speech. Knowing, oh, yeah, by the way, Connor called uh, Khabib's manager a terrorist and said he was involved in 9-11. Nothing. Why is that? And I'm telling you, that story, Cam, that I read years ago doesn't exist on the Internet anymore. It's been zapped. It's like when you see this, it's almost like there's something here. You know, like clearly somebody was told, like, Google, get everything off, erase, scratch, get rid of it, delete from search engines, etc., we don't want this out here. So I'm just saying, when Conor McGregor threw this stuff out there yesterday, I guarantee you, Cam, there were some pretty serious people saying, what the hell is this Irishman talking about on national TV at a press conference right now? Um, I find it interesting, too. Like, nobody nobody said anything after. It just went away. Like, the thing is, it's I not even McGregor- like... It's not. It's not all over Google right now. For terrorist activity, there's a there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But you have to look for it, and they can't erase the internet in two hours. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But it's sort of just systematic. Don't put it in search engines. Make people search for it, and and you know it'll sort of go away. That's you know that's that's how they they handle this. I mean, they probably run Google to be honest. To to your yeah, to your earlier point of finding a story that you saw existed that doesn't exist again is just uh, that stuff happens. They wipe they they wipe stuff right. So well, everything lives. And you know that story is somewhere. Somebody somewhere saved it. You know what I mean? It's somewhere. It's not. You can't erase the internet. You can't. What's what's already done? Like that's how Martha Stewart got caught. Came. Martha Stewart legitimately thought like for such a smart lady. She legitimately thought that since she deleted things that she was cool. Like, they asked her, like, do you have this? And she's like, no, I never received that. And she played dumb thinking that, well, I deleted my email. And they told her after, they're like, Martha, you know, you can't delete something. You know that, you know, you might think it's it's deleted from your page, but it's not deleted from cyberspace. Yeah, it's out there. Like, once you type it, it's there, Cam. Yeah, like, it's somewhere. I'm not saying you're, it's easy to find, right. but it's somewhere. But if you're FBI, it's easy to find. 
Yeah, that's well, that's what they do. And then, I, I know I'm bringing it back to my hilarious uh, the shows, but uh, yeah, the, the murderer put in how do I use chloroform on my you know you know what I mean how to bury a body like you know what I mean like your search engine if you do this stuff yeah like eventually if you're any type of computer guy you can get into the hard drive you can get into some somewhere where you think it's gone you think you can wipe it clean but they'll always find it. It's a great. Yeah, point. well, it's, a, it's an insane story, man. Well, that's the this thing, Casey. Like, yeah, Casey Anthony. Stuff. Casey Anthony searched how to kill her kid, right? Yes, she did. And then she said, "Oh, it was just just a coincidence." But yeah, no, it's it's it is. I knew this. It's funny because I told Michelle Serpico this this morning that um, I said that since you notice it's not being picked up by anyone and people are moving on with it, there's there's substance to it. It goes so they just don't want to touch it. Um, here's another weird thing here. John Jones, former UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones, isn't bothered by accusations that he snitched on his colleagues and fellow fighters in exchange for leniency from the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. He is adamant that it's not true. USADA asked me to do a lot of things throughout this case, but one thing I didn't do is snitch on anybody in mixed martial arts. I definitely didn't give up any information on anyone in the sport. Wow. Read his words. So who did you give up? <laughs> Listen to his words. Thing I didn't do is snitch on. He didn't say I didn't snitch on anybody. I didn't snitch on anybody in MMA. I definitely didn't give any information on anyone in the sport. Like he said, Cam, I think like a lawyer, yeah. this is worded basically yeah, very, right. very like, what do you mean in this sport, in MMA? What are you getting at? It's, Who did you rat out? It's not natural. It's not natural speech. Like, like if you came at me, if you're defending. Yeah, if he goes, I'm no snitch. Shut the hell up. I didn't rat on anybody. I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like very worded. Exactly. I never report on anyone in this sport. Yeah, you don't talk like that. That's I don't know. So what? Your brother is playing the NFL. So you snitch on them? I don't know. John Jones such a weird dude, man. Like. It's crazy. When we met him that time, too, Marenzi, it's just like, I remember when you were doing the show with trophies. It's just like, look at what has happened from that time. And you even knew him before me because you followed mixed martial arts more than, like, almost anybody. But when we met him, he seemed like a timid, kind of shy kid type of thing. Like, he had, he he plays people. Like, he he's, he's, he's a perfect shapeshifter. Like, he's a very, very good liar. Like, you know what I mean? That's, like, why I don't play poker. Like, even when I'm telling the stories about the donated clothes, you know I, I still got to go deliver a bag. You, you, you can read it in my voice. Like, this guy's a professional. Like, he doesn't – he just pulls the wool over everyone's eyes. Like, he's a very, very sneaky – like, I don't even know what to say, Marenzi. It, it's wild. Like, you and you've seen the transformation in character. It's like, wow. Like, where did this come from? Yeah, it's almost – it's kind of a shame for him. It is a shame because I really like, like, I want to cheer for him too. Like, he's one of the best, like, the, like he's. His ride should have been different. Him? The greatest fighter? Yeah. What do you think? What do you, yeah, what, yeah, he's the best fighter in UFC history. But his, his, yes. his ride and his, his career, his life should have been different, you know? Yes. I don't think he's ever had fun. Honestly, I, don't, I think he's kind of miserable inside. He's never really had fun, even though he's the best in the world at what he does. Yeah. Is he doesn't people don't like him and it bothers him and then he says it doesn't bother him and you know he's just a big and he's kind of phony he's very strange I don't know like he's you need like a team of shrinks man to break down him thing with him is he's all defensive now and it was actually you you know it came out in the wording with you Cam that basically in the terms that you know they wrote to each other the you know the judges 
They said, you know, we don't think that, uh, you know, he's, he's as bad as people say. And he also agreed to tell us what's going on. So they, it was in writing, basically. And the thing is, his suspension got cut down immensely. So it's basically like, Cam, you're, you're in jail for 10 years. You got out after two. And everyone else in jail gets busted for what they're up to. And you say, well, I didn't I had nothing to do with it. Like, there's sort of a little trail here. It's like, dude, you were supposed to be suspended for three years. Now you're back already. They even said, like, in their own USADA paper that you're cooperating with them. Like, what does that mean? Like, Daniel Cormier said he's a snitch. Other fighters don't want to be around him. They don't really trust him now. And the thing is, John Jones went on record before and said that there was a kid who was selling weed in high school, and he snitched on him. And now he denied that. He said he was just joking. Yet, I don't know, was he? He's also the same guy that chased some guy down down the street, remember, years ago, you know? Does that really, does that really sound like a joke, though, Morenci? Yeah, who jokes? Aha, uh-huh, that's funny that that's I, 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 I called about. the cops so or I, I snitched out to the teacher, a kid who was selling, selling weed? Yes. That is such BS, man, because he, how could that be? Oh, yeah, that was a joke. That's not a joke. That's what you did. Like, the way he's trying to backtrack and stuff like that, it's just, if you're a regular human with a brain in your head, you know that's unbelievable. Yeah, but the thing is, that he's secretly happen. driving around cheating on his wife, doing coke, and, like, running over pregnant women in cars. Yet, fine. It's fine. You want to do that? I, I don't judge you. You shouldn't cheat on your wife. But you want to get wasted and do blow and stuff? Fine. But stop, like, acting holier than now all the time. That's the yes. thing with him. It's a great point. It's a great point. He wants it both ways, right? He wants to be an angel, but I'll tell you, man, and for him to get off, you talked about it when it was supposed to be three years and now this? Come on. Yeah, I don't know if it was two years, whatever it was. It was like, it was, yeah. To be, yeah, you, you don't even have to be a conspiracy theorist or whatever. He snitched because there's no way you can get off a sentence. Like, that's what cops do yeah, you, for informants, right? Oh, you're going to go You're gonna go for this amount of time. You know what I bet, Cam? He, he must have given them valuable information because that just does not happen. I'm, um... I'm just speculating. Yes. But when he says, I didn't snitch on anybody in this sport, I bet you what he did, he probably told them what fighters do. Yes. You know what I mean? He probably didn't say, because even John Jones, you know, John Jones, it would get out. Uh, you know, John Jones can't say, oh, yeah, I know Cowboy Cerrone uses steroids. Like, you know, that it would ruin his career. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't you know, no one would want to fight him type thing. I think, and they said cooperate. He probably told them, yeah, this is the type of steroid people use. This is how we cover it up. I bet you that's what it was in a cooperation. Not so much, yeah, I know this guy's doing it, but how, how are you guys doing it? How did you avoid the tests? What, what are other guys doing in the UFC? And he's probably thinking, well, I'm not naming any names anyway, so I'll just sort of say, well, we're using the cream. We do this. We do this cycle. I bet you that's what they mean by cooperation. Yeah, it makes that 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 is when you analyze the whole situation. Yeah, and Jones, the way he said, I never snitched on anybody in the sport. Like he, in his mind, he's probably thinking, "Shut up! I never said your name. I'm just saying." And he's probably thinking they already know that, but they don't know because you know they're state of the art steroids. I bet you that's what it is on the cooperation. How did you do this? How did you get away with this? What are other fighters that you've seen doing to get away with this? What other tricks are you guys doing essentially? Right. But the thing is, the UFC fighters aren't smart enough to cheat these test cam. <laughs> They're not. Sprinters are. <laughs> Some of them. 
Some of them. Some of them. Some of them. Exactly. Like, I feel so bad for Ben Johnson. They had that interview, Gabe. Ben was uh, sad after up, yeah. the fact again. Yeah, he was so sad. It, it, it well, was the thing almost, with Ben is they gave it to so him. Sad. It's not like Ben secretly said, oh, I'm going to cheat and not tell anyone. Huh. No. Basically, the head coach of Team Canada's track team said, take this, Ben. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But Ben's other not naive. Doing it too. Ben knew what he was other doing. Guys, yeah, of course he did. But other guys were doing it, too. Just uh, He was the scapegoat. Well, that's a good example. Look, Carl, uh, Carl Lewis went all sanctimonious and stuff. And a couple of years later, he got caught taking it. Exactly. Lance Armstrong, same thing. I'm on my bike. Remember, he was asked, hey, Lance, what are you on? I'm on my bike. What I'm are you bike. on? <laughs> <laughs> one nothing brew crew, Gabe. I'm on my mic. What are you on? Yeah, my mic. DFS next.